0: Welcome to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it and the real estate that defines it. I'm Garrett Lapierre, local real estate agent with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. I'm here today with my co-host,
1: Sina Lloyd, Carson City Library Director. We have another great guest on this week's episode, as well as our weekly segments, Community Connections and Lapierre's Corner.
0: Stay with us, we'll be right back.
1: to this week's segments and today we have Lapier's Corner. And you know, Garrett, I know there's a lot of new building going on here in Carson. And if I was interested, can I have my own representation in buying a new home?
0: Very good question, Sina. There is a ton of new building going on uh, that's getting ready to get kick-started. 2017 will be a big year for new construction here in Carson. So as a buyer, rather than just walking into these new subdivisions and talking with the salesperson that's on staff, you can have your own agent bring you to the subdivisions, get you the information that you're looking for without being charged for that. So if you're a buyer and you're just going to go buy an existing home, um, you don't pay any additional price above above and beyond what you pay for the house to have your own agent represent you. And with new construction, this is the same thing. So the new builders will pay for your buyer's agent to represent you. And, I, and why is that important? The reason that's important is that you have to remember the people working out at the sales office at all these subdivisions. Their duty and who they're loyal to is the builder and the seller. So that doesn't mean that they're going to lie to you or be deceitful or anything like that, but they also are going to come and give you the information from the prism that they want to protect the seller and make the development look as good as it possibly can. The other thing that having your own agent does for you as a buyer is we know what to ask You know, what kind of build time are we looking at? Um, What kind of deposits you have to have up front? Do you have to pay cash for upgrades rather than being able to put that into the loan? You know, there's a lot of different things uh, with new construction that are not the same when you're buying an existing home. So that's the best thing I could possibly tell you is before you just go drive out and go look at the new homes, all the new home subdivisions here in Carson, is contact your agent, contact a agent, um, contact me at sellingcarsoncity.com, and I'd be more than happy to help you out with that process, and it does not cost you one extra dime. So we're gonna we're gonna hop into the Carson connection, and over the summer, Cena, I know you guys did a survey, um, and and part of that survey was talking about the hours of the library. So what whatever came of that?
1: so i am actually very excited to announce that we do have new hours starting thursday october 20th the library board of trustees voted to change the library's hours based on a modified schedule which was voted upon by the board um, during the august board meeting and this summer we released that community survey you were speaking of and we had just surpassed one year open on sundays And this modified schedule will still let us be open seven days a week, but it will give us back those weekday morning hour, um, so from 10 to 11, uh, back to the community. And that was one of the biggest um, requests from the community is that they could have those hours back. And so what our schedule will be looking like is we'll be open Monday, 10 to six, Tuesday, 10 to eight, Wednesday, 10 to eight, Thursday, 10 to 8, Friday, 10 to 6, Saturday, 10 to 4, and Sunday, 12 to 4. So again, we will still have closures for staff development days and holidays. I encourage you to take a look at our website for those at www.carsoncitylibrary.org. And again, our new hours start October 20th, which is a Thursday. So thank you and check us out.
0: And we're going to be right back with our guest this week, Danny Rotter, who's the chief engineer for Carson City. We have a great uh, conversation, and this conversation includes water. So if they...
1: Welcome. Today we are with Danny Rotter, city engineer for the city of Carson City. So, Danny, to get us started, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the position that you are now
2: yeah um, my parents moved here when I was six weeks old and I grew up here and went to engineering school started um, working for my dad's engineering firm in high school through college and then we were I was a consultant to the city for a long time so I was involved in a lot of different parts of public works and when the position became open um, the Public Works Director Andy Burnham at the time reached out and said, hey, this would be a good fit for you. Let's talk about it. And so they had the position open and then we were kind of, I don't know if it's a good fit or not, and then had quite a bit of discussions um, back and forth and then decided it was a good move and, and jumped over about two and a half years ago.
0: Nice, Hi. nice. Yeah, thanks for doing the podcast, Andy. I appreciate it. Yeah, I want to know... We've talked a lot with some of the other guests about how we get young professionals and and, and what can Carson City do both in the public and private sector to get more people like yourself, young professionals, to come to Carson City and to live in Carson City.
2: Yeah, you know, I get this question a lot. Um, I'll just let you know I do live in Reno, so I get it (laughs) at least weekly.
0: I'm just trying to shame you, man, that's all. Yeah, yeah, you
2: did throw me under the bus one time (laughs) at the Board of Supervisors meeting. I saw that, but... um, you know, it's a it's a tough thing because, of the, for one, the community is very, very strong, so, um, but it also is an older community. So to keep, in my opinion, the, the best thing about Carson is its community, and how can we um, bring that to the younger generation? Because, as you know, um, there's still a tight-knit community of Carson people that are in Reno. Right. And so... There's a For one, there's a, a little bit better diversity of housing there. So for us as a, as a young family, we, we were looking at Carson, and um, there was just a little bit more options in South Reno there. And we were in a close proximity to downtown Reno and Carson, so we kind of get the best of both worlds. So I think the biggest thing that I see is, is really making the identity of Carson not just an old folks town that that is our identity we're an up-and-coming town where we have that community and we're doing things like um, making a walkable community and having more facilities like the mac um, we're not using a 1950s animal shelter so those are the things i see every day that reno has had for 10 years um, that have they've been putting money into their downtown and now you can go down there without feeling like you're a homeless person right. um, you know so those are the things where little Little bars and restaurants pop up that you want to go visit. Um, my wife is one of the biggest; she looks for every new little restaurant. And so, um, while we have those in Carson, um, it just doesn't have that new feel. And for whatever reason, um, the younger generation wants that new, hit feel. They don't want to go um, to somewhere that's where their parents go. Right. You know. So, I think I talked a little bit oh, too much there, but that's kind of generally my thoughts.
0: No, that's, that's a good answer, and, and it always amazes me how much restaurants and good food play into in tying people to come downtown and, 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 and to not only eat dinner, but go about to different events or go to another place after they're done eating dinner or before they eat dinner.
2: It's a big part. Um, you know, whenever we get a date night away from the kids, that's the first thing my wife has on her mind is where we're going to go eat. Right. We don't really do... Um, uh, movies or anything like that she's kind of a little a foodie and I do too I like the food and beer but um, that's that's a big part
1: nice awesome well what what do you see as the biggest challenge facing Carson City in the next five years
2: well every day I see a lot of pieces moving to have a little bit of a period of growth so from uh, an engineering standpoint and maintaining our roads and building new roads and subdivisions and new commercial facilities and apartments and those sorts of things is how we manage that. And so we don't want to put ourselves in a position where we grow and have growing pains and and uh, drop our level of service for water or sewer or any of those things. And, and um, But at the same time, we don't want to stifle that growth if it means more diversity of housing and. Um, walkable uh, communities and different parts of the city. So I, I would say kind of going back to that, we, go, we got to have our identity kind of solid and know who we are and that we're not just going to stay at 55,000 people. We are going to experience some growth. And so what does that growth look like, how we manage it and how we um, kind of coach it as best um, in the direction that we want
0: good answer you know and, and and there's a lot of new development going on in in carson um, not only that's already permitted but stuff that's in the pipeline that, that it's in the works there's stuff that's not even in the pipeline and in the works that that's that's going on and happening um i personally you, you know, i mean you have never seen this amount of development going on i think this will be our biggest growth spurt and and in, in talking with nick morano he kind of felt the same way that this is this is one of our biggest growth spurts if not the biggest that we're going to go through here in the next you know three to five years. Um, so with all that growth happening, what is the thing that has you most excited about that?
2: I think the most exciting part is seeing the interest in Carson City. Um, having worked for developers before, I've, I've looked at all the different sites and done the studies on where the traffic is and the water is, and, and usually that's geared with somebody that's excited about what's going on in that place. So it's not just let's let's bang together some uh, cheap apartments and that's all the the growth we're seeing. It's a it's a broad range of things um, because I think as the area area grows, people start to see there's a there's a need for this or there's a need for that and Carson City doesn't really have that so let's go out and find um, mixed use um, downtown living that the like the Hotme Adams building those things. Are being built because we've kind of created this climate, or it appears to me that um, that's going to be somebody that somebody wants, and so I think that's kind of what's exciting to me is seeing all those sorts of things start to turn the wheels. Um, you know, the um, the Horseshoe Club building going to a possibly an office or a or a food market or or those sorts of things. It's it's already kind of turning over from from the
0: old. Those kind of things have me excited as well, to see the real redevelopment of, of, of what was there changing into what it can be now and, and the creativity that comes along with that. So, of course, we know there's always positive and good things that happen with that. What are the challenges that come along with all that growth?
2: Um, I guess since I see it all the time in public works that we're, we're adding more infrastructure a lot of the times. In the redevelopment situation, it's not. It's it's kind of just reviving life into an existing site that doesn't doesn't add too much more burden on our water, sewer, roads. Um, but you got like the Shulls Ranch subdivision, which is a great little project down there. But it's adding a lot to our sidewalk maintenance, our roads, water, sewer. So while we want to grow smart and we want to be able to maintain all those things. Um, there's just a challenge in that in knowing that we've added a whole lot more mileage of pipelines that we've got to put on the books to someday replace or at least maintain well. So in terms of infrastructure management and asset management, our roads, water, sewer, um, storm drain, all those things are the challenges that, that I face on an engineering basis.
1: Okay, so you mentioned water. Um, What is Carson's water situation, and how does Carson City handle water rights as opposed to other surrounding counties?
2: Another one I get, if not a monthly basis, a weekly basis. Um, I'll tell you what I tell a lot of people. Um, For one, we're definitely the envy of a lot of counties around us. If you were a developer waiting for USA Parkway to hit US 50 and Silver Springs, water is your biggest problem and your biggest hurdle to overcome to development. Whereas here, whether you're Shoals Ranch or some apartment buildings or a um, commercial development, we have all the water rights in hand. You don't you pay your connection fee and you go. You don't have to go buy water rights on top of that. Um, so other than maybe Douglas County, they have they have a good amount of water down there. Um, we're, we're an envy of a lot of different places. Um, so the... I, t- I tell people you know what's what's our what's our status. There's there's kind of three things that we talk about in water. It's kind of our average day around the clock, 365 days a year. There's our um, max day, and then there's water quality. So our max day is that day in July or August where everybody's water and it's real hot out. So everybody throws that extra cycle of water on, and all of a sudden our tanks are dropping. And we're trying to fill them back up. Um, so we continue to build our capacity for our max day so that's our design constraint as we go so as we add, as we add more homes at shoals ranch or um, big unit apartment complexes or what have you we want to keep being able to hit that max day from a yearly standpoint an average day we're good we have the water rates we need we have the sources we need it's that peaking in the summer um, that we have to overcome and we there's a lot of um, we got a big big master plan 20 30 year thing um, and so there's some more improvements that we can be doing but we're, we're inching along to make those happen um, kind of probably the, the main concern is water quality so we're meeting a lot of water quality right now but we see some regulations possibly coming down the road um, where in the in the late 90s early 2000s they dropped the arsenic standard um, to 10 and that caused a lot of problems for us we built an arsenic treatment plant we made the, the deal down south of Minden so we didn't have our own big arsenic treatment plant and the concern is as those technologies grow and go and grow um, if that level comes down again we might have more problems so it's not a doomsday scenario it's just kind of how do we handle that when it comes and hopefully we can see it coming from far enough down the road Um, so i think we're in a real good spot with some of the pipelines we've been putting in when we came right right past the um, library here Um, last year and we'll we'll continue on west in the next couple years to tie up to the west side of town Um, but those are, the, those are the different kind of hurdles that we're working towards all the time.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I want to dig a little deeper in that in, in that water scenario for you because you really know this stuff and, and I think it's important for people to understand this. When you, Early in your answer you mentioned, say in Lyon County, if someone wants to go develop a subdivision at the base of, of USA Parkway because that's where people are going to live. Um, what does a developer have to do there that they would not have to do in Carson City in, in the best layman's terms that you can lay it out in?
2: Yeah, so um, using like a 100-house subdivision as an example, nice round number, um, you would need to bring enough water rights to supply that subdivision in a um, in a proper form. So there's there's some water rights that are more senior or more junior, they've got to be at a certain level, and they've got to be able to be usable. So basically, if you think about its uh, term as acre-foot, a uh, little over 300,000 gallons, it's about one acre-foot per home. So you think 100 acre-feet, if you're gonna do 100 units in uh, Lyon County, Okay. and in an area where there's a high demand but a low supply, those rights could be $20,000 an acre-foot. Um, times a hundred units, um, so you're, you're talking a lot of money. Exactly. Um, so when you come to Carson City, since the late 80s, early 90s, we've been acquiring those rights, or, um, you know, like for instance, six to eight years ago, we purchased $10 million of water rights in Minden, um, and so we own that water in our portfolio. So we have those rights um, in a lot of different basins, and when you come in with 100 units here, Since the the city has already purchased those, you just pay your connection fees.
0: And and that makes a huge difference. A huge difference in the price of the home that's going to be offered. Huge difference in, in how quickly an area gets developed and, and and what kind of product gets put on there. You know, you have a better chance of having a nicer home if it if it's a little, you know they don't have to spend two hundred thousand on on just water, you know, just water rights. Oh and, yeah, and, and two when million. You, well, and, and, and In my example. It, exactly two, two million for 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 that example, and, and, and also, um, it's not just the water rights. Now they got to go and, and and maybe there's a connection. Connection fee. Maybe they have to bring the water line out to that subdivision. So it's not just the water rights. There's, there's additional fees above and beyond that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So in that example, like with Lyon County, you, then you would pay a connection fee on top of that. And you may have to drill a well right. or you may extend a transmission main or, or something like that. We have some of that here where you would be, if you develop like a, let's say the Lompa Ranch has no infrastructure, you would be extending some infrastructure, um, but you wouldn't be bringing water rights as well.
0: Last water question for you, yeah, because this is has been a been a hot topic somewhat, and, and, and I will say I'll, I'll raise my hand, and say I don't understand it as well as I probably should with effluent water. What what's the issue with effluent water? How does effluent water come about, and and why is it a hot topic?
2: Yeah, um, so effluent or treated wastewater. Um, two two things as we've historically, I mean, even as a country, have said, water's a precious resource, let's, be, let's make more efficient um, dishwashers and clothes washers and toilets and sinks and all those sorts of things. We, on the water side, have started using less water, which means less water um, down the sewer line. Um, so that, in and of itself, has created a decline in how much each home um, produces, which is, a, in, in your mind, you think it's a good thing, we're using less water. Um, But as we talk about um, how we dispose of that water after we've treated it, um, that's where it gets a little tricky. So some areas, uh, like um, Truckee Meadows Water Resource Facility, um, discharges to the Truckee River. So they have to meet certain water quality standards, and they go into the river. And they've spent a lot of money doing that. Now a portion of that goes towards um, water and sports fields and parks and that sort of thing, and they've started to build more and more of that. Um, But Carson City, um, through the EPA in the late 80s, was required to not go into the river. And so we are 100% reuse, which means not a drop of the water we treat goes into um, the river. So we need, that's why we built Eagle Valley Golf Course. Um, That's why when the other golf courses were built, they were able to um, utilize effluent water. Um, and not connect to potable water, which if you had to use potable water for all of those, the water situation would be a different story, Correct. right? What we just talked about. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's another supply and demand thing where we're producing more because we, we had a little bit of a, a decline um, after the recession. People were watching their water bills a little bit more and probably using a little less water. And then also through those time periods, we had... Uh, we had fixed a lot of the lines coming from the west side of town with the freeway. So there was some water that was le- leaching into those pipes, That was groundwater, that we were treating and then sending back out to rewater water golf courses. So as we fixed those, quote-unquote, problems, we then have been producing more at the plant, or producing less at the plant. And so the discussion as, as that we were producing less and less, which is, in your mind, a good thing, right. um now all the acreage that we were watering, we had to back off. And so, there's a lot more to that, but that's generally the concept is that um, we have to just, we dispose of it, we find the sites, we, we work out the agreements and a lot of different things associated with that um, in terms of um, parks and um, golf courses and uh, the prison farms down south. So, um, it's a tricky subject, but it's, it's, the alternative is a lot higher cost treatment to go to the river a um, lot lot higher cost that makes
0: sense that definitely makes sense a good answer and and, and that the way you explain things it, may, it makes it easier for people to understand and and you know there's like you said we won't get into the minutia of the politics of the whole thing but that's the difference between gray water potable water and and why why that makes a difference at all yeah and, you know and, and, and you're right in your head you're going well that's a good thing that people are aren't using as much water. They're not taking as many baths, they're not flushing their toilet, you know, as many times per day. And and then on the other end of that you're going, Well, we gotta water, you know, our parks and, 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 and the sports facilities and the golf courses and, and everyone has their hand out there going, you know, where's where's my water? So yeah, yeah. A, a tricky issue for sure.
1: Okay, so um, shifting gears a little bit here, what is your favorite thing about your job as a city engineer?
2: Well, I think being here at the library is, is definitely fitting. It's learning something new all the time. Um, I could spend all day, every day, just on topics related to the potable water system and the wells and the treatment processes and acquiring rights and how we utilize our Carson River water rights and injection wells and all those sorts of things. I could just do that full time. Or I could just talk about our effluent treatment and talk about that full time. Or our roads, or our landfill, or our storm system, or our flood protection, or our emergency preparedness. So, I think that's my favorite thing is just the broad spectrum that um, we have because we're, you know, that county, city, municipality, and we've got everything, every single thing related to a municipality. We have and we do. Um, so that's my that's one of my favorite parts.
1: And you guys do do it well.
2: Oh, so. thanks.
0: Uh, and, and on the flip side of that coin, what's, what's the most challenging thing that, that you deal with on a daily basis?
2: Um, well with the, the downtown project is front and center for me right now so I think the challenge is um, trying to stay on, t- on schedule, get any conflicts or changes resolved quickly, work through with any business owners quickly and respectfully and um, as less tense as possible. Um, so that's been a, a big challenge but also it's been uh, really good there's a lot of people down there that are very positive so it's nice to run into those um, you know saying hey it, I may not like it completely and it's hurting it's a little you know hurts a little bit but you guys are doing a great job community is doing a great job um, so those are the things that um, it's it's frustrating and it's hard to come through sometimes um, but overall it's been pretty good
0: what you, where are we at on that? How's, how's the project moving along? Are we on schedule, ahead of schedule? How are we looking?
2: Yeah, uh, we're actually pretty right on schedule. Um, after we had we had switched up the phasing um, back in June, we had a, a little business, downtown business meeting, public meeting, and we were going to phase it, pave it in three phases, and the third phase was not going to come until October. Um, now what we're going to do is, since we're a little ahead of schedule on the paving side, They're looking about mid-September to do that third phase. Awesome. And then they'll still have a little bit of cleanup paving with the asphalt in October, but the bulk of it will be done mid-September. So the paving side of things is ahead of schedule. And then um, we'll still be doing the paver crosswalks uh, into November. So a lot of people ask me, well, what about Nevada Day? Well, for the most part, it's going to look done on Nevada Day. There's still going to be some paver crosswalks that we're going to come back in and cut them out, and we're working through the best way to do that because if you think about it, we're going to pay, we're going to, we're going to cut it out, and we're going to pour concrete, and that concrete has to set. So how do you how do you drive on it around it, put a plate over the top of it, not mess up the concrete to put pavers on top of it? So we're working through that with Q and D. They're coming up with some creative ways to um, to get in in and in, in and out of there as best they can but for the most part we're um, right on schedule or a little bit above schedule
0: awesome awesome yeah I think they've done a good job you know people are trying to kind of avoid going down that area and I find it's a little bit quicker most days because people you know don't want to go down Carson Street and you just buzz right through
2: yeah it's it's really not it's really not bad at all
1: well and I mean that's one of my favorite things is to actually take that experience and at least once a week see what the progress has been made and it's great looking
0: really good Uh, I I still remember going home I live a block off of of Carson Street and going home and seeing the sidewalk in front of Heidi's done for the first time and I stopped my car in the middle of the street and I was getting honked at and I'm looking at the sidewalk like wow that's even more beautiful than than what I imagined what the renderings look like I mean it it came out really really well look gorgeous can't wait to see it all done
2: yeah it's going to be good Uh, I I drive about twice a day to check in on different things and, and the community's doing really doing a great job busting their butt and um haven't, has had its fair, ch- fair set of challenges, um, as everything does, but it's, it's going to be really good when it's done. Agreed.
1: Okay. So this is our last question. Um, if there was no limitations in place, what is the one big audacious goal you'd have for Carson City?
2: You know, I think the more I talk to, to different people about, you know, what's going on downtown or what's going on with the treatment plant or what's going on with water, um, kind of big picture um, kind of goes back to our original topic of having Carson City having a, a nice strong identity and everybody on the same page so you're still going to have you know, all the political stuff um, here and there but at the end of the day everybody realized that this is Carson City and here's what we're here for and so we already have that in kind of the community sense but I, I think we could take it to that next step where Somebody, they already notice it when they come from somewhere else, California or whatever, they notice something's different here. But just that to that next step so that those young professionals in South Reno, when they make a decision, they go, you know, South Reno's okay, but, man, Carson is awesome. So that's, like, my big, you know, being from here, growing up here, watched everything going on is that we're I think we're right on the cusp um, of that little bit of growth, and I think we have a chance to really um, you know, you talk about like the Epic Rides and um, the Farmer's Market down there and the Splash Pad at Bob McFadden Plaza and, and those little things, you know, start to turn and you get the Horseshoe Club that, and you get the Hot May Adams building and then you get the MAC and you bring those tournaments in and those people that come from California come for a wrestling tournament but they stay downtown or maybe at the Armsby House, God forbid, right? Um, and they go, man, this is great. And then they... They call Garrett and they go, where, where can I buy a house down here, you know, and, and move mm-hmm. here? So that's my that's my big pie in the sky. Percussion
0: City. I like it. I, like it. I, I It's funny, I was I was having that, that conversation with Joel on the podcast and, and I'm saying that same thing is I run across people who came here two, three, four, five years ago, for, you know, um, you know for, an, for a tournament, for an event, maybe seeing family, maybe they went to Tahoe and kind of came through the area and, you know, um, they call up and hey, I'm retiring, I want to move to this area. I fell in love with it when I was here and, and we forget that all those events, all those things, where you bring people here who haven't seen it—that is, your, your your marketing. You're showing off your place, and and, um, and the changes and the progress that's happened in Carson, I think has really helped us show off this place a whole lot better.
2: Yeah, yeah, really cool.
0: Yep. Danielle, I really want to thank you for coming on coming on the podcast you know your stuff yeah, I'm a sharp young man I'm I'm happy the city has you and hopefully we can keep you down here and get you to get down here at some point and you know, I'll keep on harping on you on that uh, but uh, thank you thank you thank you very much I appreciate it once the downtown gets done we'd like to have you back and, and see what the next big goal that you guys are going to be working on
2: okay yeah sounds
1: good thank you very much Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via SoundCloud or iTunes by searching Carson Chatter Podcast. When you do, please leave a review as it makes it easier to find us.
0: And please engage with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching Carson Chatter Podcast. You can also email us at Carson Podcast at gmail.com.
1: See you again soon, and don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.